Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I'll be reviewing 1994's Forrest Gump. Hi guys, and welcome to the show. This week I'm going to be reviewing uh, Forrest Gump, but before we get into that, got to talk about the things I watched this week. This is going to be a very nostalgic things I watched this week, because I watched two things that are of my childhood, you may say. The first thing I want to talk about is, I'm saving the best for last, don't worry, I'll get to that, but the first thing I want to talk about is... I just I just watched a documentary over the weekend uh, called The Orange Years. It's a documentary about the beginnings of Nickelodeon, the, the, the cable network. And it's a damn good documentary. I like it. Because at first when I um I came across it, it's weird because I came across it. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be weird because I came across it while I was looking at my phone and I was on the toilet. Okay, yeah, I, that, that's a little graphic. I know TMI, TMI, I know, but it's how I came across it. That's how I came across the documentary. <laughs> was I was just looking at some things. I don't even know how I... I'm trying to think. I think I came across it like it was like on like... They had like a trailer for it on like Instagram... Or uh, Facebook. I think I was like on Instagram or Facebook or one of those. And um, I came across it. And I was like, oh, they made a they made a documentary about Nickelodeon? And I was like, I need to watch this. And so, and I was surprised. Because like, you know, you got, you got a lot of fake documentaries out there. You know, like. People that make documentaries, but they're not. Cause I don't like what I don't like. I don't like low budget documentaries. Like it's like documentaries. It's just like you know, like they just like paste like interviews together and they just paste clips together. You know, I like video essays. Video essays are cool. Where like it's a person just explaining what they thought of what the show or whatever or network or something like that. But there are a lot of documentaries where they just pop. They just like paste shit together this documentary wasn't that it was like very well produced it had it had a budget you know it was very well produced but yeah man like great documentary about like the 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 the, the glory years of nickelodeon which pretty much i want to say from like 1982 to about like 1998 they talked about because I think they ended, because, like, they ended uh, talking a little bit. They didn't even go into detail about this. They talked a little bit about, like, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants and Dora the Explorer. They're, like, because, like, that cut off. Because that is, like, the cut off to where, like, a different generation of kids grew up with Nickelodeon. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, was like 82, it was, like, 82 to, like, 98 for, like, kids that like grew up in kids that were like I want to say like uh born in the 70s grew up in the 80s because that's the first wave of Nickelodeon kids and then you got 
the kids like me that grew up in like born in the 80s grew up in the 90s that's the second wave of Nickelodeon kids and then you got that third wave uh that was like born in the 90s and they grew up with like they grew up with stuff like uh SpongeBob SquarePants and Dora the Explorer and uh Rocket Power and um uh uh there's some other shows uh that was some other shows I can't think of too, but like those are the three that pop in my head when I think about uh, the third wave of Nickelodeons, like SpongeBob SquarePants, Dora the Explorer, Rocket Power. Like those are like the three popular shows. Cause I have a sister, cause I have a sister that was born in the nineties, and those are the shows that she fucking watched. You know, <laughs> those are her shows. And um, and uh, I want to say like maybe like yeah like the. Uh, Another show, like, Fairly Odd Parents, D- uh, Danny Phantom, like, things like that. I remember her, my sister, actually watching those shows, too. Like, Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Danny Phantom, Invader Zim, uh, Jimmy Neutron, you know, like, shows like that. That's for the third generation of Nickelodeon kids. But, like, for my for my generation, it was, like, uh, Double Dare and uh, uh, Nick Arcade, Legends of the Hidden Temple, Guts. Uh, you know, Carissa explains it all. Salute your shorts. Uh, the Adventures of Pete and Pete. And, of course, all the cartoons. You know, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, Doug, Rocco's Modern Life. You know, Ah, Real Monsters and stuff like that. You know, like, that, like that's what we grew up on. Like, all that. Can't, can't forget all that. You know, Keenan and Kel. You know, things like that. Uh... That's the, that's like the, the the 90s wave of for kids. You know, and like they talked about all those shows. And they talked about them pretty linear. They talked about them pretty linear. You know, cuz they started out talking about how the show talking about how the how the, the, the network started cuz it started as something called Pinwheel at first in uh like Columbus, Ohio. And they talked about that and it was like puppets. <laughs> it was puppets and like they were talking about how they didn't really have a show that put them on the map. Cause like from 70, I want to say from like 79 to like 82, it was just, um, I want to say those were like the years. I think those were like the years where it was like, it was pinwheel stuff with the puppets. And then it was, um, it was like educational. It was like educational shows. And then it was, um, uh, 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 like Ripley believe it, Ripley's believe it or night not type shows. I said night. <laughs> Ripley's believe it or not type shows. You know things like that. And then it was like, and then it was like the stuff that really like started popping off in like the the the, the mid eighties. Uh, because they 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 love to credit it with uh, you can't do that on television. You can't do that on te- you can't do this on television was the first show that like solidified Nickelodeon because it was like a sketch comedy show they did like weird things they let the kids be kids uh that was the first time you saw somebody get slimed you know that was the first time you saw somebody get slimed uh so like that was the show that was the show that really like put everything put everything on the map uh, but uh, not really put it on the map, but like that was the thing that got everything started. The thing that put it on the map, the thing that put it on the map was Double Dare. Double Dare. Double Dare was the show that uh, got eyes on the TV screen for them, and um, they really um, 
they really focused on Double Dare, Mark. I remember Mark Summers, and I was like, I remember. Funny, funny, funny story. I remember when I was a kid, I used to always want to meet Mark Summers for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but I always wanted to meet Mark Summers for some reason. I was like, why do I want to meet? I think about that now as a grown man. I was like, why the fuck did I want to meet Mark Summers? It was like, he was like the biggest fucking celebrity to me because he was always on TV. He was like always on kids TV on Nickelodeon. I was like, Mark Summers, Mark Summers, Mark Summers, Mark Summers. I was all about Mark Summers when I was a little kid for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, (laughs) it's weird. Um, But then like, yeah, they, they talked about that. They talked about can't do that on television. They talked about Double Dare. Uh, they talked about uh, when they started getting into uh, the sitcoms, you know, like Hey Dude, Salute Your Shorts. Hey Dude wasn't really my thing. I love Salute Your Shorts. Salute Your Shorts was like, that was that was like one of the greatest shows to me. Another show that they did not talk about was a show called Welcome Freshman. That was another show, like another like scripted sitcom that they did that... They didn't talk about it. I believe like Ryan Reynolds used to be on that show. He was on a show. He was on a show called Welcome Freshman. Because a lot of these shows, a lot of the early shows, I think they got them from Canada. You know, because they had uh, you can't do that. You can't do that on television. They got that from Canada. Uh, Welcome Freshman. I believe they got that from Canada. It was kind of like because like Welcome Freshman was kind of like a more raunchy Saved by the Bell. You know, they did things on there. I'd have to go back and watch that show again, man, because I haven't watched that show in years. Welcome, freshman. It's probably something easy you can find, too, on, like, YouTube. It's probably something you can find on YouTube. But, yeah, man, like, they didn't talk about Welcome, Freshman. That was a that was a show that stuck out to me when I was a little kid. Uh, they talk, Like I said, they talked about Hey Dude. They talked about Salute Your Shorts. I love Salute Your Shorts. Um, they talked about uh, the, 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 the Nicktoons. You know, Doug, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy. They talked about all that stuff. Uh, they talked about the game shows, uh, Nick Arcade. They talked about Legends of the Hidden Temple. They talked about Guts. They talked about, uh, I forgot about Clarissa Explains at all. They talked about that. Uh, what else did they talk about? They talked about Snick. They talked about Nick Jr., uh, which I didn't realize that Nick Jr. was around about the same time as regular Nickelodeon. <laughs> So like they kind of like they kind of talked about the different waves, the different uh, aspects of Nickelodeon because they talked about Nick Jr. because like that was for like early, early childhood kids, and they talked about Snick, which is like for teenagers, and they talked about like regular Nickelodeon, which was like for like, you know, like six, seven, eight to like twelve year olds, you know, like that was for that, and then like they moved over to like shit like all that, and like they didn't talk about Roundhouse. Cause like there was a couple of shows that they, they didn't talk about. They didn't talk about Roundhouse. They didn't talk about Wild and Crazy Kids. I used to love Wild and Crazy Kids. Uh, and they didn't talk about Welcome Freshmen. Uh, those are like three shows that I actually liked. Uh, and I think that was about it. That was that was pretty much it. Cause they even talked about how they didn't like they didn't want to sell the kids. That was like a big thing that stood out about this documentary too. Like the uh, president, her name is uh, Geraldine Laybourne. She had like uh, with those things. What's those things that you call them? Uh, what, what, what's the, what's that called? Morals. She had morals, and uh, she didn't want to sell shit to kids, cause 
Doug never had Doug never really had any uh toys, I don't think. Uh Rugrats had toys later on. Randy Stippy had toys later on. I think they even had a video game later on. But like that was their thing. They didn't they never wanted to sell things to kids. And I gotta say that's commendable. That's very commendable. Cause I got I think about it. I was like, I don't think I've ever had any Nickelodeon shit. <laughs> I've never had a Nickelodeon toy. Ever. Ever. And okay, I was I'm okay with that. <laughs> if that's what they wanted to do, that's what they wanted to do. But like, yeah, man, like Nickelodeon, like Nickelodeon paved the way for a lot of shit that's going on today. They really did. Cause like without Nickelodeon, we wouldn't have a cartoon network. Without Nickelodeon, Disney Channel wouldn't be what it is because they were competing. You know, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have these networks. Now like Nickelodeon's like the godfather of this shit, you know? So if you ever get a chance, uh check out the Orange Years. Uh it's on uh it's on YouTube. You can go check it out there. Uh I think it's on Amazon too. I think it's on Amazon. If you want to get it off of Amazon, you can get it off of Amazon too. But like just like what I did was I just uh typed in the orange years and looked to look to see where you could watch it and I watched it. And I watched it on YouTube. It was on YouTube, you know, like it's only like what fucking two bucks. You you know, like it's only two dollars. And like you could spend two dollars on a on a, on a fucking documentary. But yeah, check it out, man. It's very top-notch documentary. They go very they go very in-depth as in-depth as they could about Nickelodeon. Go check that out. Now, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the biggest thing that happened uh, this week, uh, the Fresh Prince reunion, and I'm not really going to, I don't think I'm really going to spend a lot of time on a Fresh Prince reunion because it's best to be seen, it's best to be seen, if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out, it's on HBO Max, Uh, go check it out, um... Let's talk about this Fresh Prince reunion. It, I enjoyed it. It was probably the it's probably the best um, sitcom reunion. I want to say best sitcom reunion you ever want to see because there's a lot of sitcom reunions, especially back in the day with like uh, like 60s and 70s sitcoms. It'd be like, oh, hey, here's this person. This is what they look like now. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you can't, and that's the one thing you can't do with the Fresh Prince cast. You can't just be like, oh, where are these people now? And what are they doing now? And what do they look like now? And blah, blah, you can't, you can't do that shit with them. Cause like, you got the internet now. You can find these people. You know what they're doing. They're, they're still in the public eye. You know, Will Smith is the biggest fucking movie star in the world. You know where the fuck he is. Uh, you can look up uh, 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 Karen Parsons is still out here. Tatiana Ali still out here. Avazo Roberto is still out here. You know, like you can't you can't really do like a where are they now aspect with this uh, reunion. So what they did was they just looked back. They just looked back on clips and they told stories and uh, uh, they had surprises. They had surprises. There was one surprise that came out of nowhere, actually. There was like one... This is why I want you guys, if you haven't seen 
the uh the the Fresh Prince reunion. I want you to see the docket. I want you to watch the uh, reunion because there's something that happens in this uh, reunion that comes out of nowhere. It's like it's like one of the big shock. One of the, one of the one of the things that they wanted to make shocking. They already showed you in the trailer because because they want to reel you in. But like there's another there was another surprise that happened. There was another surprise that happened, and you're like, whoa, what? You know. <laughs> and like this, like there was like something, somebody that showed up, and you're like, oh wow, this person just showed up out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, like what are they doing here? Um, but yeah, everybody knows that. Everybody knows like the biggest surprise that they showed in the trailer. Uh, Janet Hubert showed up, who was the original Aunt Viv, and her and Will Smith had a talk, pretty good talk. Uh, she actually showed up on the set. You know, she was actually, she actually participated in the reunion. Uh, they talked about, um, they talked about James Avery. That James Avery shit. God damn. It comes out of nowhere. That James, be prepared if you haven't watched, if you haven't watched the reunion yet, be prepared for that James Avery shit that hits you hard, man. Like, nigga was crying, a nigga was crying thug tears. A nigga was crying thug tears. You know, just... Oh boy, you know, like that shit's gonna, that shit's gonna hit you hard. But yeah, man, biggest, like, like I said, biggest thing was the Janet Hubert, Janet Hubert stuff. Um, which also, I think you may have to watch Red Table Talk to get the whole idea of that because Will Smith actually did a uh, Red Table Talk and he um, talked about Janet and they showed like, cause like, on a reunion, they cut the they cut the interview up in pieces. The uh, reconciliation between um, Janet Hubert and Will Smith, they cut that up into pieces on the reunion. But on Red Table Talk, they show the whole interview because, like, I think there were certain things in that interview that can't be said on 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 on, on the reunion because there's some words in there. <laughs> there's some words in there that you like yeah they couldn't they couldn't say that they go into some in-depth things that they it's gonna take away from the happy you know it's gonna take away from the funny it's gonna take away from the happy i know why they had to cut certain things out in that interview on the actual reunion because i say like there's certain this they go in depth they go in depth then there's some certain things that like it's gonna take away from the happy you know (laughs) it's gonna take away from the happy you're gonna be bummed but like I said, like the red table talk, the red table talk that Will Smith did talks about all that shit. Like there's the full, the full interview is on there if you want to watch it. Um, and um, and um, that's pretty much it. I think that was it. It was like it's pretty much the Janet Hubert stuff. They go in the clips, they do the Uncle Phil stuff, and then there's a shocking. Very shocking person that shows up out of nowhere towards the end, uh, and you're like, "Wow, what's he?" You're like, "Oh wow, this person's here. I didn't think they would show up." But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, great, 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 great stuff. Like I said, check out the Orange Years on YouTube, uh, and check out their Fresh Prince reunion. Very, very nostalgic 
stuff this this week, which is fitting for this podcast because this podcast is about nostalgia. So uh, <laughs> that's mainly what this podcast is about. So that's pretty much it for that. Uh, I'll be back with uh, my review of Forrest Gump after these messages. Stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm going to talk about Forrest Gump. As you guys are in the midst of Oscar month, we're all going to t- we're going to talk about Academy Award winning and Academy Award nominated movies all November. That's that's the thing we're doing all November. Got to keep reminding cuz I don't know if you guys are like, "Oh, what are we what, why are we talking about this?" Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh let's talk about Forrest Gump. In 1994, uh, the way I saw this movie was I saw it on VHS. I forgot who bought the VHS. I don't know if my mom or my dad. My dad used to buy a lot of VHS tapes. You know, we had like a we had like a fucking stack of VHS tapes. So like that's that's probably gonna be a running theme in this whole uh, series. If you haven't noticed, like, I've, I've seen a lot of these movies on VHS because my dad used to, like, buy a lot of VHS tapes. So, <laughs> like, we rarely, like I said, we rarely went to the movie theater. You know, like, rarely. My dad would just be like, wait, I'm, I'm just going to wait. He was like, either, like, he going to bootleg it off the TV. <laughs> that's the two That's my. That's the two things my dad did. Either he was going to bootleg it off the TV, going to tape it off the TV. Or he was going to get the VHS tape. He was like, let's just wait for the VHS tape. And back then, uh, if, you're, if you're watching this and you're young, I'm, I'm going to tell you about the waiting period for a VHS tape. Because <laughs> now a movie comes, because now a movie comes out and it's on like Blu-ray, DVD, like in like three months. You know, it's, it's, it's out fairly quickly. Like you could have seen this movie like a couple weeks ago, and then next, and then like the next thing you know, it's all it's on DVD or a fucking Blu-ray, you know, or like on fucking like on demand digital or some shit. And uh, and like it wasn't like that. It was not like that back in the day, back in the eighties and the nineties, even like the early 2000s it's like you had to wait for that motherfucker you had to wait for that motherfucker to get on tape it, it took a, it it was a process that, that like that that movie probably wouldn't get on VHS till next year at the at the at the least and like at the least you probably wait at the least you'll probably wait like 6 to 7 months at the least, sometimes it takes a whole. Sometimes it took a whole goddamn year for a movie to be on VHS tape. It, like, that's like VHS tapes were, were VHS tapes were hard to come by. <laughs> Let's just say that VHS tapes were hard to fucking come by. So like you appreciated a VH, VHS tape when it came out. So I, I I even still got that. I even still got that uh, kind of mindset to me. Cause like every time there's a movie I want to see, I'm like, I gotta go see this movie now. I have to go see it now. Cause I forget, I forget that. Hey man, maybe like three, 
three three weeks later, this shit's gonna be on DVD, you know, <laughs> or on Blu-ray, you know, like it's it's gonna be on Blu-ray like three weeks from now. Like Tenet's about to be on DVD. Tenet is coming on DVD. That movie came out in what August? It's November, and they're already about to put it on DVD. You know, so a uh, Blu-ray. I keep thinking. I keep thinking that. I keep thinking about that. I'm like DVDs, are old technology too, by the way. Uh, but I digress. So like, we had to wait for the VHS tape, which probably came out in, like 1995. But uh, <laughs> I don't know when it came out. It probably came out in '95. But yeah, we had to wait for that VHS. And this is a movie that I used to watch a lot with my mom. Like this is my this was my mom and I's bonding movie. You know, like like we would sit down and watch Forrest Gump, you know, together. I think it was me, her, and I think even my my sister. My sister was like two, so like she's like two years old. So she's not really getting it. Uh, you know, so. But like, yeah, this was this was my bonding movie with my mother. Like, so like, I had a lot of I got a lot of fond memories of that. Uh, when it comes to Forrest Gump and me, like, just, like, sitting down, like, actually spending time with my mom, you know, but other than that, yeah, is I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go in depth on this movie, let's talk about it, uh, first of all, I totally forgot that this movie was directed by Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when they say a film by Robert Zemeckis, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that Robert Zemeckis directed this film, because this is how, I think this is how he developed a relationship with Tom Hanks, because after a while, you just start putting Tom Hanks in everything, <laughs> you know, you know, you start, you just start putting Tom Hanks in stuff, so, like, that's how they got the relationship, but, like, I don't think he would have ever known that this was a Robert Zemeckis film, because Robert Zemeckis has a very diverse catalog, I mean, like, this is a dude that directed the Back to the Future movies, then he directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and then he'll go direct something like Castaway. You know, three very diverse movies. You know, like, he doesn't do the same thing twice, you might say. He doesn't do the same genre twice. Uh, even something like, uh, he, like, even did, like, Romancing the Stone, which is another movie I gotta talk about here, because that's one of my favorite movies growing up, Romancing the Stone. Uh, he did he did Romancing the Stone, and I was like, yeah, I, I totally forgot that Robert Zemeckis did Romance in the Stone. He does a lot of movies because he's so diverse. He forgot. You forget that he directed those movies. He's like, oh yeah, I forgot this was a I forgot this was a Robert Zemeckis film. You <laughs> like, I think him and uh, what's my man name? Chris Columbus. Him and Chris Columbus, they got like the most like diverse catalog that you ever want to see. Because uh, Chris Columbus, I believe, didn't Chris Columbus direct the first Captain America? Uh, I think he directed Captain America, the first Avenger. <laughs> I want to say, because like, like, you would have never thought that that was a Chris Columbus film, you know? <laughs> but like Captain America, first Avenger, I believe that's a Chris Columbus film. But anyway, uh, I digress. Even Robert Zemeckis directed a couple of episodes of Tales from the Crypt, and he was this executive producer. You would have never... Robert Zemeckis is very diverse very very fucking diverse when it comes to directing so a lot of his movies like he doesn't do the same movie twice and you gotta kind of respect that but also you gotta kind of be like hey man don't you want 
like a stamp. Like you, you know, like there's a lot of, cause there's a lot of directors that got their stamps. Spielberg has a stamp. You know, when you are watching a Spielberg film, you know, when you are watching a Scorsese film, you definitely know when you are watching a Tarantino film, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, when you are watching a, a Tarantino film, cause it's, cause it's feet, it's, uh, <laughs> it's girl's toes, it's violence and, uh, it's an old soundtrack. And the word nigga just all up and through the goddamn movie and Sam Jackson's in it. Like that's 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 how you know that it's a Tarantino film. But anyway, I digress. Let's talk about this movie again. Let's talk about this movie some more. Uh the movie was actually based on a uh nineteen eighty six novel written by uh Winston Groom. Uh it, the movie went on to win six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor for uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, there were uh, other directors that were attached to the film that were considered for the film. Uh, Terry, Gilliam, Terry Gilliam from uh, Monty Python fame. He was approached by it. I think he thought the idea was stupid and he turned it down. <laughs> I think that's what I read in my research. He said like he thought it was a stupid idea and he just turned it down. And uh Barry Sonnen film who directed the Men in ba- the Men in Black films. I can't talk today. What's going on with me? Uh <laughs> he directed the Men in Black films. And uh he he didn't do it. Uh let's talk about like some of the some of the acting in this film, like actors that were attached to the movie <laughs> at first. Uh John Travolta, Sean Penn, Bill Murray, and Chevy Chase were all considered for the lead role of Forrest Gump before they uh, settled for Tom Hanks. Uh, John Travolta has actually went on record and saying that turning out Forrest Gump was the biggest mistake of his career. <laughs> He's actually said that. He said, like, turning out Forrest Gump is the stupidest thing I've ever done. But he also did Pulp Fiction that same year, too. So either way, I think he was gonna he was going to make a comeback. Um... Other casting uh, news that happened here was um, the role of Bubba, uh, David Allen Greer, Ice Cube, and Dave Chappelle were all offered the role uh, before they uh, cast uh, Michael T. Williamson in the role of Bubba. They, they all turned it down. Uh, Dave Chappelle has also said turning down Bubba was the biggest mistake of his career. <laughs> but then again, didn't really do much for Michael T. Williamson either, and Michael T. Williamson is a damn good actor. Oh, uh, like he is so fucking underrated, you know. And I'm gonna get more into Michael T. Williamson as I talk about the character of Bubba, as I get into uh, character synopsis and stuff like that. Uh, so, like, I'll get into that later. Uh, Garrison Neese, Robin Wright, and Sally Field round out the main cast. Now let's get into what I thought about this movie. Let's really get into what I thought about this movie. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. And it's going to be a hard pill to swallow for probably some people. Not going to feel good. It's not going to feel good. I'm, 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 I'm telling you right now. But Forrest Gump is the epitome of white privilege. It's the epitome of white privilege. Uh, Cause Forrest Gump 
Forrest Gump is dumber than a bunch of rocks. Like, you, like, it's like he's got fucking rocks in his head. You know, he's got rocks in his head. The guy doesn't know whether he's coming or going. And just like the whole movie, the whole movie, he's just falling into these careers and meeting these famous people. It's, it's like, he's like, he just falls into shit. <laughs> like he, it's like, he fell into football. He fell into meeting Elvis somehow. He fell into the army. He fell into ping pong. He fell into being a shrimping boat captain. He fell into all this shit that uh, a person of color has to work for, you know. And like looking at this as a looking at this as an adult, it pissed me the fuck off. I'm not gonna lie, pissed me the fuck off as a black man. It pisses me off, you know, because like this dude just falls. He just falls into careers the whole goddamn movie he's like oh well i guess i'm doing this oh well i guess i'm doing that and it's like dude i was like this like this is white privilege like a motherfucker man <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh the one thing i can commend this movie on is like the deep fake like this movie was deep fake before deep fake was deep fake everybody's into deep fake now into like deep fake technology but Forrest Gump is the first movie that mastered deep fake it's not as good as it was then because now you can kind of see that yeah this is a fucking deep fake and you know all these people are dead you know like because like they did the thing with John Lennon you can tell it's not John Lennon they did with Lyndon B. Johnson you can tell it's not Lyndon B. Johnson uh the Nixon shit the uh the uh the, the Kennedy stuff you know, like, you can tell that he's not really talking to these... You can tell he's not really talking to these people. You know, you can just tell. So, like, it, it, it's real hokey now. I think, deep, I think deep fake has gotten better. But let's not forget that it started with Forrest Gump. I gotta give, it, I gotta give him credit for that. But other than that, man, this movie here... <laughs> this movie kind of pissed me off because... He did all this shit while chasing a girl you know he chased a girl he chased a girl named jenny who continues to friend zone him like you want to know the epitome of friend zone watch forrest gump watch fucking forrest gump there's a lot of niggas out here getting forrest gumped you know (laughs) there's a lot of dudes out here getting forrest gumped just chasing this girl who like who wants to be your friend quote unquote uh and then uh, she, she she's gonna. This is the thing. This is the thing. Oh, Jenny, 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 Jenny is a fucking toxic fucking character. My God, she's fucking toxic. Uh, cause she settles down with him when she finds out that she has AIDS. That's the only reason she settled down with him. Because other than that, she's like she's out here doing drugs fucking all these random niggas uh stripping being in fucking playboy and all this other shit and then all of a sudden now she want to settle down because she caught because she caught that because she caught that she caught that thing <laughs> let's just say it like that like she want to settle down because she caught that thing 
And then she has the audacity, just the fucking audacity, to plant a child on this man. Playing a child. Me and my wife have talked about this. So, like, we talked about this ad nauseum about Jenny and this fucking kid. I was like, this kid's not his. And I was like, this is not his child. Uh, little Forrest, little Forrest is not Forrest Gump's kid. Like, look at the kid. Look at the goddamn kid. That is, like, he looks like Jenny, but he doesn't look like Forrest. I know it's a child actor. I know this is all acting shit, but <laughs> come on, man. This is not Forrest's kid. She left this. She left this motherfucker with a kid. That's not his. She just needed somebody. It's like the Maury Povich show. You ever watch the Maury Povich show? Where um, the woman comes on the Maury Povich show. And she brings some dude on. And she's like, yeah, that's his kid. That's his kid. You know the whole thing. Look at his eyes, Maury. Look at his feet, Maury. You know all that shit. And, uh, <laughs> and they bring the dude on in. The dude like, man, that ain't my kid. That ain't my kid. That kid don't look nothing like me. And then... She's like, you go pay, you go pay, and all this shit. And then uh, Morris says that, that that the dude's not the kid's father, and, you know, the kid, the, the fucking chick runs off and collapses on a couch and shit. And, <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden, the bitch gets, the, 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 the bitch gets fucking hit in the head, and all of a sudden she remembers who the father is. Like, she's like, Oh, I know who the father is, you know, <laughs> and you're like, you, you, you already knew who the father was. You already knew because the only reason you, you, you wanted to plan it on this dude is because you knew this motherfucker was reliable and you knew he'd stick around for the goddamn kid. That's exactly what she did to Forrest. That's exactly what Jenny did to Forrest. She knows that Forrest is reliable. She knows that Forrest is fucking stupid. <laughs> like, let's get it right. She knows that Forrest is fucking stupid. And he ain't gonna question if that kid is his or not. She knows that shit. Jenny been playing this motherfucker from the jump. Jenny been playing this nigga from the jump. Jenny is an OG motherfucking thot. That's all she ever was. That's all she ever was. That's, that's I'm just gonna say it like that. That's all she ever was. She's an OG thought. Plant, she's like planting babies on niggas and out here fucking fucking around and shit. But she's always got old reliable Forrest to pick her up when she's down. That's all he was. He's like he's a dumb motherfucker who who, 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 who who she was codependent on. He was he was her dependency. That's all Forrest was. She didn't love Forrest. She didn't care about Forrest. She only needed Forrest. She only needed Forrest for what she needed him for. It was like she used Forrest. It was like, and Forrest thought, and like, I had out of, cause like the movie like just like romanticizes their fucking relationship. I'm like, no, she's a fucking user. Let's just call Jenny for what she is. Jenny is a fucking user. I hate this bitch so goddamn much. I hate her fucking character. Uh, I don't hate Robin Wright. I don't know. I don't know Robin Wright, but you know. <laughs> but I hate the character she played. <laughs> I got nothing against Robin Wright, 
But uh, like I hate the character she played. Uh, she was good in Wonder Woman. <laughs> for, for the amount of time she was in Wonder Woman. No disrespect to Robin Wright as a as an actress. But uh, <laughs> but, uh <laughs> but anyway, uh, moving on from this bitch. Uh, uh, let's talk about Tom Hanks' Forrest. Tom Hanks does a damn good job as Forrest. This was um, kind of like his continuous climb back to the top after Philadelphia. You know, because before this, he was just doing comedy. You know, he was doing comedy. Philadelphia kind of broke that mold for him to where it was like, oh, this guy's not just comedy. And uh, Forrest Gump continued to prove that he could be a good actor. And he just kept moving along. He just kept moving along. So, like, that's pretty much it. It was just like, and he won his second Academy Award for it because he won his first for Philadelphia. And he ain't never looked back since. This was like the, the fucking shoot off for Tom Hanks. Um, like I said, let's talk about uh, Michael T. Williamson as Bubba. Like, Michael T. Williamson did what he could. He did a good job for what he was given, pretty much. He did a good job for what he was given in the short amount of time he was given. You know, that's that's pretty much what he did. That's it. Like I said, like I said, Michael T. Williamson, a damn good actor. I wish, I wish he got more roles. He's a guy that I wish was in a lot of shit. Cause you you see him every now and again. You know, you see him every now and again. Like the last time I saw him was in Fences. It was uh, Denzel Washington. He played Denzel Washington's brother, like brother who's got like a fucking head injury or head trauma or some shit. Uh, that was the last time I saw Michael T. Williamson, but like, I really wish he was in a lot more shit. Uh, cause like, it was like he, he's, he, you see him every now and again, you know, like uh, waiting to exhale. Uh, he was in his other movie. Anybody remembers this movie, Holiday Heart? He was in Holiday Heart. He's probably the best thing in Holiday Heart. Um, he was in final one of the Final Destination movies, which I was like, man, that's a downgrade for a guy like him. You know, but yeah, man, like he's a guy I wish I see I saw a lot more of, man. Like we need to get Michael T. Williamson some more fucking work, man. Dude's fucking amazing. Um Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan. He's fucking Bravo. He's the he's one of the best things in this goddamn crazy ass movie. <laughs> he's the best thing in this crazy ass movie. Like Lieutenant Dan saves this goddamn movie for me like like i say tom hanks is good as forrest but uh garrison he saves this movie as lieutenant dan like he's amazing in this movie it's kind of sad that he it's kind of sad that he didn't win an academy award for this but hey you know you'll get him next time uh sally fields in this movie sally feels good too for, for what she's given uh as forrest's mother you know she just does sally field pretty much that's pretty much it. But yeah, uh, overall, it's an okay movie. Little over the top. You know, far-fetched in parts because there's certain things in here. You're like, get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> you know, but, you know, like, it's not bad. It's not good. It's decent. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Join me next week. When I review 2003's Monster. Catch you guys later. Peace.